Our scripture today is from the second book of Kings, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now the Lord was going to take Elijah up to heaven in a windstorm, and Elijah and Elisha were leaving Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, because the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you live, I won't leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came out to Elisha. These prophets said to Elisha, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Elisha said, Yes, I know. Don't talk about it. Elijah said, Elisha, stay here because the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you live, I won't leave you. So they went to Jericho. The group of prophets from Jericho approached Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away today? He said, Yes, I know. Don't talk about it. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here because the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you live, I won't leave you. So both of them went on together. Fifty members from the group of prophets also went along, but they stood at a distance. Both Elijah and Elisha stood beside the Jordan River. Elijah then took his coat, rolled it up, and hit the water. Then the water was divided in two. Both of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, What do you want me to do for you before I'm taken away from you? Elisha said, Let me have twice your spirit. Elijah said, You've made a difficult request. If you can see me when I'm taken from you, then it will be yours. If you don't see me, it won't happen. They were walking along, talking, when suddenly a fiery chariot and fiery horses appeared and separated the two of them. Then Elijah went to heaven in a windstorm. Elisha was washing, and he cried out, Oh, my father, my father, Israel's chariots and its riders could no longer see him. Elisha took hold of his clothes and ripped them in two. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Kathy, for the reading.
Please pray with me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. In children's time, Veronica told us a story about who Elijah is and who people expected him to be. We heard that Elijah is a person whose instruction has power. He's somebody who knows what to do to heal problems that don't seem to have a solution. But Elijah's term of service is concluded according to the scripture that Kathy just read for us. And the mantle is being passed to the next generation. I imagine that all those prophets who had gathered to watch from a distance, all of those people who had been gossiping and chattering to each other about how, you know, your master is going to be taken away from you today. Haven't you heard? All those people who were uh, aware of the transition that was about to occur, but weren't in the midst of it, who were just observing They must have had a lot of ideas about what was going to happen next. Ideas based on what usually happens when you have a charismatic leader who has power to really make things change, to really stir up a community, to really provide a counter-narrative to the narrative of power that seems to be the dominant culture. When you have someone who's got a backbone, it is very rare that the person who follows them in their role will be able to do the same, let alone better. We know that from the world. We know that from the world. Oftentimes, the person who follows a really strong leader ends up just being a transitional person. Right? That's why we in the church have embraced something like an interim ministry, because we recognize that when a congregation has had a feeling of that power, has had an encounter with that kind of leadership, you'll, they'll need a transition. And the person who follows in that lead role may be an interim by choice or by accident. I wonder what kinds of feelings are bound up for Elisha as he knows that he's obviously the person who's going to step into the prophet's shoes. He's obviously the person who is going to be looked to for all of these things, and he is obviously someone his colleagues are not particularly afraid of or intimidated by. Perhaps their expectations of him are not actually that high. I wonder what that time must have felt like for him. I wonder, too, how it must have felt for Jesus to be at a transition point in his ministry when he has called all of his disciples to him. He has bonded with them. They have had some experiences of going out and doing ministry in the community. And Jesus knows a transition is coming. The gossip has already started. 
there's a word around the edges that he's not long for this role. But he also knows that he's called with a vision that's more than just filling a leadership role for a short time. He's here to change the world. And if it's going to be changed, it's going to have to be changed by the people who follow him, by the next generation. He's going to have to find some way to pass the mantle. He's going to have to believe that the people who are close to him will be able to see him in his fullness. To see the full truth and challenge of the opportunity that is unfolding among them and not look away. Not try to contort it to their own expectations, to the patterns with which they've become familiar. Not flinch. On that transfiguration day of our memory, the one that is recalled on a holiday between Epiphany, the time of revealing, and Lent, the time of preparation, there's this miraculous moment where Jesus', where Jesus disciples are able to see that standing with him are Moses and Elijah, that he is among those who have led people up to a place that they could not walk themselves. People who had to hand over leadership and trust that those who had followed them and accompanied them would be able to receive. What they were about, what they intended to do, would be able to take it into themselves and become the incarnation themselves together. I want to talk to you a little bit about where we've been. We've been in this series in this season after Epiphany that I've been thinking of as a place at the table. And I've used as an opportunity for us to talk about different behavior and communication styles. These sorts of differences are usually the differences that break down a community, that split people up, that in times such as these times are the root and reminder of everything that divides us. I have nothing in common with those people. Look how they behave. I just can't understand how they were thinking. I couldn't put myself in the shoes of someone who would say or do something like that. My goal in this series is for us to be able to tease out and talk a little bit about how some of our communication and behavioral differences are actually designs. Designs for the body of Christ that come from the fullness of God so that we will not miss out on a vision that is too big for one person. That can only happen when the body has many members that all have their part. We've talked about how someone who can see a disciple before they've even had a conversation, someone who has the empathy and the understanding of people, someone who listens and hangs back, someone who can perceive a disciple and let them reveal who they are. This is someone who has the power to bring people together 
to tolerate personality differences and welcome. This is like Jesus encountering Nathaniel, who challenges him, but Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree. You are one in whom there is no deceit. And Jesus welcomes him in his difference to be one of the disciples. This is a valuable part of being beloved community. We need people who are like this, but we also need the people like Nathaniel, the people who are circumspect, who take care, who are precise, who are looking for the signs, who aren't just going to go with any kind of whim of what everybody says works for them, what necessarily gets the most glowing reviews in the Amazon comments, but no, is going to look for the specific details that indicate whether something is of integrity, good all the way through, not just on the surface. And that takes time and focus and a willingness to challenge. This is Nathaniel who says, can anything good come from Nazareth? But who then, when encountering Jesus, and having a little conversation with Jesus, is quick to say, this is the one. This is God. Yeah, we need Nathaniels too. We need Nathaniels too, because we have to know what the real truth is. We have to know how to sound its depths and strengths. But we also talked about how we can't get anywhere unless we have people like Jonah people who have a prophet's capacity to look at the big picture, to see what's coming before it's time, and the courage and the bluntness to say, that's where you have to go. That's where you have to go. Like Jonah, to wander into a community like Nineveh and say, look guys, you're headed for destruction. Okay? But it's not a certainty. This is where you need to go, and you will have life. What would we do if we could only see the details and never look to the horizon? What could we do if we could never turn what we know about people and what we know about process and turn it into action that is driving us somewhere, is making progress happen, that is leading in the world? What would it matter if we were countercultural if we never spoke to the culture at all. We need Jonah's too. And last week, we talked about how much we need inspiration. We need enthusiasm. We need those who, when God reaches out a hand and says, let's minister they reach back and say, yes, 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 let's. That joy, that party, that excitement of being part of something good. Good because it is sound. Good because it includes people and is about the love of people, which is essential to who God is. Good because it is facing and driving toward the horizon. And good because it is full of joy abundant life, and the Spirit. 
all of things, all of these things are necessary for it to be of God. All of these things come from God. All of these things are a part of love and can be loving. All these things are part of beloved community and of us when we are together. No matter how annoying they can be, Yes, it's hard. It's hard to be community. It's hard to be Elisha walking toward the Jordan River, not knowing what your role is in this drama that's playing out, where your strength will come from, how you will accomplish the work of miracles you are called to do, especially when it feels so much your own solitary, when it feels like everybody's on the other bank watching to see what you're going to do. One of the commentaries that, uh, on this scripture that I read in preparation for the service pointed out that this path that they're taking in this story is no accident. When Elijah says to Elisha at the beginning of the scripture, you stay here because I'm called by God to go to Bethel. I am called by God to go to Jericho, right? What's going on is that God is calling Elijah out of the promised land. Out of this way that God has led the people into the place where they were called to be, into the place that was designed for them, that was planned for them, that was a fulfillment of so much of the covenant and has crumbled under leadership that has profited from division and celebrity and exploitation and dissipating and distracting the people so that they have become weak and confused about who they are and about who God is. At the end of his ministry, God calls Elijah out of that place of conflict and division to come and be with God on the margins. Elijah says to his follower, you don't have to go with me. In fact, stay here. Serve the people. God is calling me out of the promised land and to the margins. But Elisha says, no. I will stay with you. And he goes with him all the way out. And they divide the Jordan River by a miracle, and they cross over it just as the people under Moses' leadership cross the Red Sea. And there Elijah is about to go with God, but says to Elisha, since you have gone all this way with me, what can I give you? And Elisha is so bold, he actually asks for what he wants. He actually asks for what he needs. Give me twice of what you had. Give me twice your spirit. And Elijah says, you can have it if you can watch me. If you can see what happens next, 
then you will have it. Now, the Bible is full of things like this, things that become differences in the way we understand how God is at work in the world. Some people read this, they read this story, and they think this is part of that magic something that makes some people geniuses and everybody else not. This is one of those things that really shows that Elisha is set apart, that there's something different and special about him. You know, this is how we know that there are some of us who are called, and then there's the rest of us, right? Because Elisha is tested. If he is able to see what happens next, then he will receive twice the Spirit. It's a test. Is Elisha prophet enough to follow in Elijah's footsteps? Reading that story... That way gives us a God who is testing us. Do we have the faith to follow, to earn the gifts of peace in the land of promise? That's not how I read that story. That's not how I read that story. When I read that story, the sentence glows different for me. What I see in that sentence is all you have to do is not look away. All you have to do is not shut off the part of your brain that is full of hope, that is vulnerable, that is desperate for God to be real, for love to matter, for peace to be possible. If you can do that, if you can do that, then you are unstoppable. Then it will be true for you. Can you do it? Can you bear it to have your heart open and to see what is possible with God in the world? We know what happens in this story. Elisha does have his eyes open. He does watch what happens, and it almost tears him apart. He makes his heart and his mind so open that he just cries aloud with incoherence. Oh, my, my father, my father, horses and chariots. I can't believe what I'm seeing. But he does. He dares himself to believe it. And he picks up the mantle, and he parts the Jordan. And he, the scripture reveals it, does twice as many miracles as Elijah did. Elisha works his way back into the promised land from the margins and does twice as many miracles as Elijah did. Our differences the different ways that we communicate, the different things that we mean when we say things to one another, the differences in the way we are oriented to behave and what we value and the way we act when we're under stress and the way we act when we're hopeful and longing, they can be sources of division and conflict. And yes, it is tempting to water all of that stuff about who we are down and to find a common, gentle middle where 
We don't have to be very vulnerable or very real with each other, and so we don't really have to risk annoying each other by being ourselves. But if we dare it, if we have the courage, if we will keep our eyes open and watch what God is doing, to have our minds open and our hearts open in that messy, disorienting way, if we, are, if we have the faith to believe that love is real and peace is possible, then everything that we have been, everything that we have experienced before now is only the beginning. And twice the Spirit is waiting for us. Twice the Spirit is possible for us. We may, yes, we may be called. to watch as everything that was a part of the previous vision of leadership and prophecy works its way out of the promised land to the margins. And we may be called to have the faith to not look away so that we can pick it up and carry it back into the heart of a community that needs it so much. With God's help, we will do it. Amen? Amen. Please pray with me. Mighty and merciful one, you have come to us in glory. Now we come to you in prayer saying, Lord, by your spirit, grant what we ask. We pray for your glorious creation. Stamp out fires of destruction, drive away clouds of pollution, and restore the beauty of this world. Lord, by your Spirit, grant what we ask. You can say that with me. Lord, by your Spirit, grant what we ask. Lord, by your Spirit, grant what we ask. We pray for the body of Christ. Open our hearts in faith Enlighten our minds with knowledge and strengthen us to proclaim the gospel. Lord, by your Spirit, grant what we ask. We pray for the people of all nations. Show the nations your vision of justice. Offer the leaders your mantle of wisdom and give the people your blessing of peace. Lord, by your Spirit, grant what we ask. We pray for those who are perishing. Feed those who are starving. Comfort those who are suffering. And receive the dying into your arms. Lord, by your Spirit, grant what we ask. We pray for those whom we love. Bless our families, friends, and neighbors. Help them in times of trouble. And be near when they are afraid. Lord, by your Spirit, Grant what we ask. We give you thanks for those saints who have dwelt among us and showed us something of what is possible with your spirit. Especially this morning, we thank you for Myrna Evans, who laid mantles of her own handicraft over the shoulders 
of many clergy, who clothed dancers, who laid cloths on altars, who inspired and supported ministry among the people. Thank you for her life and her ministry among us. Give us to know that peace and joy, which is unity with her and all like her who have gone before us through the power of your spirit. Lord, by your spirit, grant what we ask. Holy One, make us ready for the day when this world is transfigured, transformed, made new, when all things will shine in the dazzling light of your glory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And in the way that he taught us to be, make us one people with one voice, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As it is Christ who has made us one with, in voice and in body and in ministry to the world, let us turn to one another and greet the Christ in each other in passing the peace. <laughs>